Hey, you guys, we found this incredible tool to collect all of the wedding photos your guests take in one convenient place. Yeah, instead of having your guests download an app and figure out hashtags and all that kind of stuff, you can just use Tackboard. Tackboard is an online wedding photo gallery with its own phone number, so your guests can text their photos to your designated phone number along with any message they like. The photo and message feed instantly into an online gallery that lasts forever. You can download your photos right from it. Seriously, it is amazing. And as a lovely listener of the Put a Ring on It podcast, Tackboard is giving you 20% off their regular price. Just visit tackboard.com slash ring. Again, T-A-C-B-O-A-R-D.com slash R-I-N-G. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast for anyone attempting to plan a wedding. I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer and consistent turn signal user. <laughs> and I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner and legit TV remote hog. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to season three of the Put a Ring on a podcast. Dan, season three. Season three. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Dan is full of dad jokes this year. So uh, look oh, out. All the dad jokes. Just just get ready. Um, I have been working on my dad jokes for the last two months while we've been off. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I did. That and just be really, really excited for this season to come up. Uh, you know, when we were going through the process of like planning for the season and writing out the... Um, uh, writing out the list of like what each episode was going to be every time we just came up and came out back to that list I just got more and more excited for the season just because I, like we've just got so much good stuff for you um, We've got an episode about rehearsals. We've got an episode about destination weddings a really really exciting one about contracts um, it, And you know actually that came the contract episode came from uh, a bunch of emails and and questions that we've been getting from a lot of our listeners about contracts um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited for this season and happy to be back in the studio recording. Yeah. And today guys, we're talking about trends, trends. and we, 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 we a hundred percent realize that this is not in our normal wheelhouse of things we talk about. We really like to talk about things that are practical and, and helps you plan. And I think as a planner, I'm always looking at blogs and magazines and whatnot. And I see a lot of these trend articles, but I never, um, it's very rare to see why something is trending or why something's going to be a trend or why something's no longer a trend. So mm -hmm. for this episode, we want to talk about these things, but we also want to talk about the why and yep. dig a little bit deeper. Pull back the veil, as Dan oh, would say, da -da <laughs> as uh, <laughs> as we sort of as we sort of go through each thing. And uh, honestly, some of these things we're actually going to talk about more in future episodes. So we're not going to get into too much stuff with some of them, but. We are going to talk about trends. This is like an opinion episode, right? Uh, and I think sure. along with that opinion, I think you need to do, give a disclaimer. Okay, so ready for my disclaimer. So we are going to talk about things that we're seeing as wedding professionals coming up as trends and things that we're seeing leave as trends. 
And all of this should be taken with a grain of salt, because if you are planning on doing something that we're saying is, you know, no longer hip and cool to do, or if you don't want to do what we're saying is now suddenly hip and cool, that's totally okay, you guys. You do not have to um, change or bend or do whatever it is we're saying just because we're saying it. If it makes sense to you, go for it. Otherwise, who cares? Yeah, you do you. Your wedding is personal um, and make it so do whatever speaks to you, you know. Um, So that being said, let's hop right in. What what do we have on the docket for today? The docket. The The docket. docket. (laughs) So uh, the first thing that I want to cover is something that I actually really enjoy, and that's Mm Uh, that we're seeing a lot of smaller guest lists. Now, smaller is one of those words that I hate when it comes to wedding planning. Yep, relative term. So smaller is like 100, 120 guests or less that's coming to your wedding. Why do you think people are are cutting their guest lists list in half like i mean well even maybe even more sometimes i've seen 300 400 guests on a list um why do you think people are opting for smaller lists so i have a theory on that it's a pretty good theory not gonna lie so we've uh definitely seen a major shift in who is really in the driver's seat when it comes to planning a wedding it very much used to be the parents that were involved in making the decisions even footing the bill and doing all that that's not necessarily gone but I think we definitely see a shift towards the couple being more in charge and, you know, holding the reins, as my co-host Dan would say, and and making making all of those decisions. And because they're making those decisions, even because they're um, they are uh, funding the wedding. Yeah. They have more of a say into who's coming. I think when we see those 300 and 400-person wedding, unless the couple itself has a very broad network or they have, you know, they hold a very high status in their community, a lot of those guests are coming from friends of their parents who have a more established reach in their community and and a larger family base and all of that. That's, I think, uh, where that's rooted in. And Definitely. I think because parents are less involved, they have less of a say in which coworker they can or can't invite to the wedding. And the kids, the kids, the couple is more involved in, <laughs> in sort of dictating who is and isn't coming. So plus it's it's easier on the budget, you guys. It's yep. this, the guest list drives your budget. Mm-hmm. It's 100% easier to manage. Um, and you know what? I think it's more intimate. I mean, simplifying what you said before, it's just it's a lot more intimate. And I think couples are saying, you know, we just want to have this little celebration to share with the people who are absolutely most close to us. Um, you know, the budget definitely comes into it because think mm-hmm. about it. If you've got 100 people versus 200 or 250, that means less invitations, less save the dates, less, um, you know, costs per plate. Right. Uh, less tables, you know, less flowers, less chairs, yep. less guys, favors, so much less. everything. Yes. So much less. And, you know, not maybe, less photography. No, not <laughs> less, less photography. Or less planning. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, less in this case maybe is more. Um, you get yes. to talk, walk around and talk to uh, as many people. Maybe it's a less overwhelming for, for couples than having 200, 300 people there. You just get to share it with these like close people. You get to talk to everybody. You get to enjoy a little bit more of everybody's company. I think that's great. Yeah, I think we see it too in destination weddings Mm -hmm. because destination weddings are definitely on the rise. You have um, by nature, I think that dictates a smaller guest list. I mean, I don't have too much experience with it. I know, Dan, you've shot a few destination weddings with with your couples. Yeah, uh, I I think the – 
I would feel like the average destination wedding has between like 10 and 30 people who would travel to it. Right. right. Um, do you feel the same way? Is that, is that pretty? I, sure. Yeah, that's totally okay. great. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's definitely a reason why people are doing destination weddings. But I have also been at a wedding destination wedding in Jamaica where the couple was like, oh, we're going to invite some people and just, you know, hope that, you know, like 30 people come or whatever. And 75 out of the 80 people that they invited came because <gasps> all these people were like, oh, it's June. Um, we're really excited. When else are we going to go to Jamaica? And 75 people came. But, you know, I how awesome is that to be able to spend like five or six days with 75 people who are like definitely mean something to you um, and get to party with them. And at the very end, you get married. So when we do vacations in our house, I'm very much the planner and the itinerary maker. You know, by nature, it's what I do. I can't imagine having to figure out 75 people on vacation. At that point, y'all need to do your own thing and we'll catch up on this day for the wedding. <laughs> I mean, it's an all-inclusive. So that's at least sure. a heck of a lot easier. Sure, um, I have a wedding at an all-inclusive this June in Curacao, and I'm really pumped about it. Um, yeah. And we're going to talk more about destination weddings. Like Dan said, we've got an episode on that coming up later this season that is going to rock your socks off. So uh, uh, I guess also what I want to say is with smaller guest lists, you usually have smaller wedding parties. So, yep. you know, less bridesmaids, less groomsmen and all of that. Um, I like to to keep it rather proportionate to how many, you know, special VIP people you have standing up with you to the guest list, to the overall guest list. Obviously, if you have 50 guests coming to your wedding and 20 of them make up your wedding party, it's, it's a little weird because then you suddenly you only have 30 people in the audience, not the audience. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, you know, all those things come into play. And, and speaking of that, another trend which I'm so happy that we're seeing yeah. is that we are, you know, we have our bridesmaids and we have our groomsmen, but now we're seeing groomsmaids and bridesmen. <laughs> Can so, you break that down a little bit for the people yeah. we just lost at home? <laughs> yeah, right. So we have, um, you know, your bridesmaids are the girls that stand up with the bride and the groomsmen are the guys that stand up with the groom. Um, but, you know, we have, as ladies, we have, we have guys in our life that are really great friends. We have brothers um, who mean a lot to us. And I think it's great to incorporate them in and, and they don't have to be groomsmen. They could be your, your bridesmen. Um, same thing with the guys. If you have a, a, a gal in your life who's, who means a lot to you, sibling, whatever it is, make them a groomsmaid yeah. and, you know, d break the rules guys. Yeah. Speaking of, of breaking the rules and reinterpreting things, a lot of same sex couples are actually just changing the terminology completely and yeah. calling their their wedding party their best people um, or their wedding tribe and just mix and matching how how they feel necessary. Um, and actually, um, if you want to go back and listen to uh, episode six, which is reinterpreting weddings with Catherine Ham, um, Catherine is a uh, a huge advocate for the LGBTQ community, and in that episode, she did this absolutely incredible job of breaking down what she's seeing in the wedding industry. Oh, I also didn't mention that she's the publisher of gayweddings.com, which is a wedding wire affiliate. Mm -hmm. um, but in that, in that episode, she does an incredible job of breaking down what she's seeing uh, in the same sex community and specifically in weddings that they're doing and how they're reinterpreting weddings um, to be more meaningful to them and reinterpreting traditions uh, and almost rewriting traditions because there haven't been that many traditions for uh, for same-sex couples um, and how they're really personalizing their weddings and making it what exactly they want. Right. 
that's also another trend too. I think man. we're just hitting all the trends, man. Yeah, we're really <laughs> making good segues here. Go us. <laughs> um, I think when you um, you know, when you dive into the world of weddings, you very quickly will learn that there are a lot of traditions that can uh, you know, be squeezed into your wedding day. And honestly, if you do them all. Lord help you, but there are things that you're going to have to decide whether or not you want to include them. And there's a lot of traditions that we do just because we do them. A perfect example, the bride walking down the aisle carries a bouquet of flowers, right? That's, yep. that's what we always see. And the whole purpose of that is back a bajillion years ago, or like a couple hundred, whatever, I rounded <laughs> up, um, people wouldn't shower every day. They would shower every week if they were lucky and that's probably even like on a on a good month so the bride would carry a bouquet of flowers so the scent uh you know her bo scent <laughs> wouldn't carry <laughs> as she walked down the aisle because she was wearing this insanely heavy wool dress and she stank so, yeah. I, <laughs> so actually, that's where the bouquet came from and speaking of ceremonies, um, that is a huge thing that I'm seeing now yes. is, well, I, I feel like a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, five years ago, whatever, um, I'm seeing, I was seeing a ton of couples say, oh, 10, 15 minutes, we just want the ceremony to be done. We just want to get past it. We want to get to the cocktail hour. We want to party. And I'm seeing the complete opposite now where a lot of couples are saying, you know, the ceremony is the most important uh, part of us. Yes, we want to party with everybody, but you know, we, we realize like this is very special. And so people are spending a lot of time, um, really figuring out which traditions are, are very important to them and spending a huge amount of time writing their vows because those are something that are incredibly important to them. It's less of this, like repeat after me kind of thing, you know? Oh yeah. I'm definitely seeing more couples, uh, write their own vows to one mm -hmm. another. Um, than the the repeat after me stuff yeah. um, and i think too that comes down to where you're getting married who's marrying you as to how much you can customize that but i mean i <laughs> i actually had a wedding once where the couple wrote their own vows and uh the bride you know had them on her piece of paper and she read them off there they're actually really long but beautiful it was gorgeous and the groom <laughs> oh bless his heart he had his vows on his phone you guys and I guess he emailed them to himself. So as opposed to just having these vows on his phone, he had them in an email on his phone. So now we've like gone a level deeper into the, into the phone and where he was standing, he didn't have great service. And so, as you can imagine, <laughs> we stood there for like a good minute or two, um, me in the back sweating bullets because I'm like, oh my gosh, what can we do? Like, how can I fix this problem? But he just <laughs> made light of it and everybody was laughing and it was all good. But eventually he got his email to come up and he was able to read his vows to his bride-to-be. But you guys don't put your vows on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I guess going back to adjusting traditions um i had a wedding last year year before where um they the couple was like i we just want to forego the introductions we don't we just want to um make it less about us we just want to have people enjoy themselves um and they logistically i was thinking that was going to be like a nightmare um but right. they ended up adjusting the the cocktail hour to just flow directly into their first dance um and they had everybody kind of like gather in um and they just started there was no introductions and it was it was beautiful it was this really great natural ebb and flow of the night and it just it moved right from cocktail hour into their first dance and it was awesome 
That's very cool. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful, before we switch gears mm -hmm. to the next thing, which I'm going to tell you guys not to do, um, going back to the vows, mm. there are really pretty vow books now that they're like little tiny journals, if you will, um, where you can write your vows so that as you're standing up at the altar and you're reading your vows to your uh, significant other, you can uh, have this really beautiful book that's a keepsake and it's it's really sweet. I'm actually going to link to one um, that I love in the show notes for today's episode um, at puttaringonapodcast.com, but there's a lot of cool options out there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, what? I think, if, I mean, obviously, if you're thinking about it 10 years, 15, 30 years from now, it's going to be way prettier. It's going to be more visually appealing to have like this beautiful little keepsake book rather than, you know, your iPhone where you're looking at it, you know, two inches in front of your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's just think about like, think about like, close your eyes and think about when like your grandparents got married and say you had their vows, right, from their wedding. Like, which would you hold on to more dearly? Like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of like printed paper or it's something that now. Right. That's like completely awful. Um, or like a like a little book with their handwritten vows to each other. You guys. Yeah. You yeah. guys. Okay. Or the other option is that there's nothing because it was digital on your phone. Oh, oh boom. Oh. Mike, drop, burn. <laughs> I got it. nothing else. <laughs> <Nailed> <laughs> All right. What else are we seeing? All right, Dan. That... Well, no, 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 no. You know what I don't want to see any more of? We're happy this that is... this one is on its way out. My plea to you, <laughs> dear listener, please, <laughs> no mason jars and no burlap. You guys, please. Please. Um, as you may or may not know, Dan and I are based out of uh, near-ish Philly, Pennsylvania. Um, so we are very much on the East Coast, and we are very aware that we are far behind of even what's trending on the West Coast and places like California and all of that. So we are speaking, I guess, from a Pennsylvania standpoint, uh, timeline, if you will. Um, <laughs> Mason jars and burlap have seen its day, and... It needs to go away now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't have a nice way to say this. <laughs> if your wedding's taking place in a barn or very rustic setting, to a certain point, mason jars and burlap can play into your day. But yeah. if you're getting married in a, a this really swanky hotel ballroom or a beautiful country club or a super modern industrial space. Nix the burlap, nix the mason jars, and do something that makes a little bit more sense in that space. They're no longer they're no longer a cool thing, or, and you're no longer breaking the mold with yeah. that. You know, I, I I feel like that mason jars and burlap was rustic, right? But that that rustic theme is evolving. It's less about mason jars and burlap, and it's more about um, you know woods and distressed things. Um, and I feel like that that can be a little more timeless, right? Um, Even hand lettering. Hand lettering is making a huge, huge debut right now. Huge. In like signs and yeah, huge. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, so what's an, uh, uh, I guess is vintage now like, or is rustic similar to vintage? Sure. Okay. So many words. Vintage, rustic, chic. Ugh. I hate the word chic. <laughs> I hate that word so much. Um, yeah, I think, you know, years ago, vintage furniture came into this world as like 
oh my gosh, I don't have to rent a standard white folding chair. I can rent a bunch of mismatched folding or a bunch of mismatched wooden chairs for my ceremony. Or I could rent pews for my ceremony in the field. You can suddenly rent all these really cool things that have a lot of character, a lot of charm. And they all fall under this vintage category. And I think for a while it was this super trend. Um, And now it's not necessarily a trend as much as it is a staple um, in, in what we have going on and what we're seeing. I mean, certainly it's not at every wedding, but I definitely see uh, things like lounge areas with beautiful sofas and settees, settees, settees. I don't don't know what those are. Chairs, right? Chairs. They're just chairs. Settees, settees. I don't Chaise lounge. Chaise lounge, yes. Yeah, things like that where you're you're making these little (laughs) spaces for guests to sit and talk and and do whatever. Um, Did you mention the like mix matched china like the uh, I've been seeing that a whole bunch like like there's no dishes that are the same. Everything is all just dishes uh, completely unique all one of a kind. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So instead of like eating off a plain white plate, you're eating off of this plate that's been through who knows how many hands. Oh, that makes it sound actually gross when you think. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's 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 very much about, you know, the the character of these pieces and all of that. And that's like a very cool depth, you know, to the overall theme uh, of your day. Yeah. Um, You know, even completely different than vintage i'm seeing like some industrial vibes as well metals and um uh i don't know pipes and brushed yeah. silver you know what i mean like grungy oh, yeah. industrial i don't know there's no other way to describe it <laughs> yeah like um, an industrial is good good word yeah. yeah good industrial um okay and then completely opposite uh the thing that i am seeing a lot now is couples just completely foregoing a theme in general just and and really focusing on joy and just having a good time so maybe they're choosing they're more selective about the venue and um finding ways to or finding a venue that has maybe a um uh not just like a beautiful ballroom but also has like another room that uh you know they have uh a balcony that they can put a cigar bar out there uh, and have, you know, a bunch of guys hang outside and drink scotch and, you know, smoke cigars on the balcony and overlook this nice vista. Or they have an area that's just like a lounge. Um, they're just trying to create an experience for their guests. That's maybe not necessarily just the party. It's time when people can catch up and enjoy themselves. So it's less on, you know, the theme or maybe that is the theme, just having a good time. Actually, I would argue that maybe that's just the best theme, you know, focusing on joy. You would argue that that's the best theme? Yeah, why not? Have you ever been to a Harry Potter wedding, Dan? <laughs> Touche. No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we're, I am going to put this out into the universe as a little butterfly. Um, guys, if you are planning a Harry Potter wedding, you do not have to hire us by any means. But could you please invite us to your wedding? <laughs> because <laughs> that would be really, really, really awesome. See, I don't know if I could photograph it because I feel like I would just be way too – I wouldn't be able to focus. Get it? Focus. Photography pun in, focus. intended. Oh. <laughs> you know, focus. Get it? Ooh, focus. Oh. Sure. <laughs> That's for all my other wedding photographer friends who are listening. Um, I, yeah, I, I feel like I would be so distracted and, and would just want to see every little detail. At, oh, man, that would be amazing. Yeah, so if anybody is planning a Harry Potter wedding out there, you just be our friend. Be, please 
Please be our friend. <laughs> oh, desperate nerdism at its finest right there. Very true. Very true. Um, okay, let's let's talk about colors. Ooh, colors. Let's talk about colors. Uh, so I stink at colors. Uh, Dan, what would you say is like, um, what, what color do you see a lot of? Um, I'm seeing golds just about everywhere. Gold, yes. Gold. Gold. Definitely gold. Metallics in general, but gold. Metallics, copper. I love copper. See you later, copper. That's how I what? always remember the uh, the periodic table um, abbreviation for copper. CU is, is the abbreviation for copper. So yeah. I was thinking of it as like a 1940s like uh, getaway guy. Aha! See you later, copper! That's, that's what I... Anyway. Um, yeah. What colors are you seeing? <laughs> um, well, I'm seeing a color that you would probably call light pink. <laughs> okay, which is? Uh, blush. Blush. Oh, okay. Got it. This beautiful, like, soft pink. Uh, it's just gorgeous, in my opinion. Um, but But really... I think what it comes down to when you're either stuck on picking colors, cause I'm not a color person, hands down, not my not my strength by any means. Um, when it comes to picking colors, you want to look at your environment, the things that you can't change about what's going to happen for your wedding day. Things like the venue that you're in, the season that your wedding is taking place in. Like if you've got um, your wedding taking place in the fall, don't try and incorporate a lot of like soft pastels and all this stuff. Like yeah. you have to, you have to, you have to coincide with everything that's going on. Even if your 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 wedding itself is taking place inside the entire day, you're probably yeah. going to take some pictures outside. There's probably going to be windows to some extent, and you know, just the overall vibe of that is going to feed into everything, and that comes into play. You know, what? and if you're really having difficulty trying to figure it out, ask. Um a florist or maybe yeah. there's like an event planner or something or check uh the color wheel just look at the color wheel yeah so like the color wheel if you think of it like a clock um or just google color wheel i guess when you're trying to find what is it complementary colors yep. if you look at the color that's say at the 12 position the color that's complementary to that color is at the sixth position and you know yep. so on as it goes opposite across the wheel so if you're really stuck you know look at that i think you know we've said like the color for you know the color opposite orange is this like bluish color so those colors really complement each other nicely and red and green blue and yellow yeah but red and green i always feel like is christmas that one i don't nah. like but there's a very specific like Christmas color and a very specific like green color. If you have mm. a like a deep maroon, mm. that could go really well with like uh, like a, a a very like a sage green. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like a dusty green. Okay. Yeah. I'll meet you there. Okay. And then if you have like little accent colors in that, mm -hmm. that would be totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. All fair play. Okay. Um and you know, going into that, speaking of green, actually, <laughs> I think I think right now, uh, it, flowers will probably always be to some degree part of a wedding. I think we're seeing a shift in the types of flowers. Like it used to be very much roses. Yeah. Um, roses aren't necessarily the it flower for weddings anymore, as much as some other things. You know, we're seeing peonies, which are always dear to my soul, and things that peonies. look like peonies, peonies. Uh, yeah peonies um things like english roses even hydrangeas which look nothing like a peony but they're these like super big flowers like you can get a lot of space taken up by this one flower by a little hydrangea um 
yeah, things like that. And I think even, well, huh? You, you first. No. Well, I said speaking of green, and I had to point to all this, but okay. greenery. So the, like, not the stems of flowers, but, like, the leaves and those these, like, garlands of just super lush greenery, things like eucalyptus seeds and i don't know the words for the other things that i'm thinking of uh eucalyptus is always a big one that's always the one i see on the florist proposal more than more than most other things but they're gorgeous and they you can get a lot more bang for your buck when you're looking at this greenery stuff it can really change the texture and the feel and it's really going away from the more structured stuff that that's what I was exactly what I was going to say that I, I feel like it, I'm going to pretend like I sound like well, I know what I'm talking about here. I'm just going to talk about it from a visual perspective only. I feel like I, I'm seeing less of like the circular, like everything's nice up in a tight little bunch um, and more uh, organic, more unstructured, more whimsical looking where there's like maybe like a cascade down the front that covers the hands or or something completely just wacky where there's like it's maybe opposite sided or lopsided but it's just it works you know yeah it sort of looks like the bride uh went into a beautiful like garden and field and just like scooped up whatever she could grab and like that's her beautiful bouquet and it's gorgeous (laughs) don't actually do that because that that takes a lot of a lot of effort into creating something that looks like it didn't create a lot or didn't take a lot of effort to create i think that'd be really cool though just to like go into a field and just grab a field of daisies I once had a client who, um, there, where she was getting married, there was like a field of these, I don't know what they're called, but they're these yellow whatever flowers. And she basically just went and scooped a bunch of them up, tied some twine around it, and that was her bouquet. And she loved Beautiful. it. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't Good recommend for that for everybody. She has, she had a very green thumb and a very keen eye for that type of thing, but it was perfect and it suited her perfectly. Hmm. I, you know what? Can we actually talk about uh, attire now? Yeah, now you're getting needy, Dan. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the girls. You talk about the boys. Okay, go for it. Deal. So, uh, you know, New York's Bridal Fashion Week, you know, that always shows us what's coming up and, and what's on the horizon. And I'm happy to report that things like off-the-shoulder dresses. Ooh. uh Yes, very pretty. Not like sleeveless, like off the shoulder where, you know, the shoulders are exposed, but there's still something on like the upper arm. Um, even covering the full arm with like bell sleeves or statement sleeves. I'm a sucker for a statement sleeve. What's a statement sleeve? Like a sleeve that has like, it's not just a sleeve that's, you know, fits the arm and and ends at the wrist. It has like, it has volume to it or it has a lot of texture to it or it has a lot of design. Yeah. A lot of personality to the sleeve. I love, I love a sleeve. Um, Minimalist designs. That's a big thing right now. Um, Even, you know, getting away from the white and ivory dresses, we're seeing a lot of non-white dresses with Mm. nudes, um, blushes like we talked about before, even metallics. That's that's what we're seeing. You know, actually now thinking back about it, I, I feel like I am seeing... I, I'm seeing minimalist dresses a lot that yeah. are just very, very simple, very plain, not so much like bedazzled all over, but just really clean, really simple, really elegant. Actually, I've seen a lot of form-fitting ones. Yeah, less princess. Yeah, yeah less princess. Interesting. Um, yeah. And pockets. <laughs> pockets. And pockets. Every, I, girl's, every girl's dream is to have a dress with pockets, at least in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Your dream is to have a dress with pockets. I, okay. I'm a, I need pockets. For the guys. And my wife would totally disagree with me on this and disagree with you on this because yeah. she hates bow ties. But guys, bow ties everything. 
100% the bow tie is everything. I think that the bow tie plus like suspenders or braces, if you, you know what the difference between suspenders and braces are? Uh, braces are in your mouth? No. <laughs> What's a braces? Braces are, so suspenders are the ones that clip on, that have like the little silver clips on the bottom. Braces are the ones that are like actually sewn into the pants that have like little buttons sewn in the pants and they look like a little loop that comes up. So like up overalls? Sort of. Uh, the buttons themselves, like it's just a button sewed onto the inside of the pant. And then the suspender, is a, it's not a clip on the bottom. It's like a little U-shaped um, piece of leather that has like oh. two slits in it. And then they buckle them onto the... Or you put them onto the the uh, little button, and those are called braces. Slightly different. Check them out. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, anyway, I think that bow ties with with suspenders slash braces uh, is is the classiest way to go. I think that absolutely looks lovely. Yeah. And side note, guys. Speaking of suspenders slash braces, um, if you are going that route and not wearing a jacket, be sure to tell your florist that if you're planning on doing boutonnieres because uh, boutonnieres are by nature meant to go on the lapel of a jacket. So if you're yep. planning on taking Dan's advice, uh, tell your florist and they'll come up with some uh, unique ways. Like we've wire wrapped them around um, suspenders before. We've done a few things, but it changes okay. it a little bit. You could sort of get away with it, but just a just a little tip. Um, huh. Okay, so Dan, let's. Uh, why don't we take a break? Yeah. Um, Actually, this is quite a perfectly timed break. It really is. Um, so you are going to hear a word from our amazing season sponsor, um, which ties in perfectly to what we're talking about right now. And then coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about all these trends. Uh, we're going to talk about social media, bars, dessert, and who knows what else, you guys. All right. Back in a flash. You know what really bums me out? That there is a ton of customization available for brides and bridesmaids for their wedding attire. But when it comes to us guys, it seems like we've got way less options. That's why we love the Naughty Tie Company. Not naughty as in naughty, but naughty as in, you know, tying the knot. Yeah. Anyway, the Naughty Tie Company has ties, bow ties, and pocket squares that are totally customizable. You can match colors or patterns to things like bridesmaids dresses, flowers, your table linens, or really whatever you'd like. And everything is printed and sewn right in Denver, Colorado, which is nowhere near us here in Philly, but that's not the point. So if you go to NaughtyTie.com slash ring, they are going to hook you up with free design service from one of their amazing designers. That's easily like $20 you're going to save just for being a Put A Ring On A Podcast listener. That's K-N-O-T-T-Y-T-I-E dot com slash R-I-N-G. All right, we're back. We are back. Wasn't that fun? That was fun. Yeah. We love them. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So getting back into it, we were talking about trends for the wedding. We talked a lot about colors and flowers and, and attire and all this different stuff. And um, Social media. That's We need to talk about that. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. Let's talk about social media. So, Well, particularly getting guests involved on social media. Right. I think that's definitely a trend that we're seeing. Uh, you know, your wedding's becoming more social, whether you want it to or not. Uh, it is becoming more social. People, you're yep. going to have guests at your wedding. And unless you give them very specific instructions not to take pictures and post it on social media, 
I'm afraid it's just going to happen. And you could do things like hashtags. Uh, um, honestly, though, one of the favorite tools that we have is Tackboard, which Tackboard is one of our sponsors here for yep. the season. Um, that's T-A-C-B-O-A-R-D, where you just you have a phone number and you know you distribute that phone number. It's not your phone number, but like the program gives you a designated phone number mm-hmm. and it gets sent out. You know, everybody has that number. And then all the guest does is take a picture and text it just as they would to anybody else. It's really cool. Yeah, they don't have to download an app. They don't have to download, uh, you know, figure out what the hashtag is. Um, that and you know, it's it's perfect for like your tech friends, um, right. and also Aunt Betty who you know barely knows what a smartphone is. Right, um, exactly. But also speaking of, uh, you know, social media, check out Snapchat, <laughs> Snapchat filters, Snapchat <laughs> filters. Yes. <laughs> Guys, oh, goodness, you could do like a custom Snapchat filter now for your wedding. It's like geotagged. I don't know Snapchat. I don't do Snapchat, but I know that this is a thing now. It's cool. It's pretty sweet. I'm down. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of technology. Oh man, drone filming. Drones are drones are getting a little bit big. Drones or at least are in really this area, big. I guess I should say. A lot of my. Uh, friends who are videographers, that is like a make or break uh, that like every couple is coming to them asking if they have a drone. Oh, really? And like, they, they, yeah, nice. they they do. And they're, I think, I don't necessarily think they're the, one of the first ones to use it, um, at least over this way. But they're the first, mm-hmm. one of the first ones that I know of that, that started using it. And they, uh, I mean, it definitely adds this really incredible element uh, of you know, aerial shots of the venue that you're seeing in a new different way. You're seeing um, aerial footage of the party, if outdoors, like whether the party or the ceremony. Um, in some cases, I think they, they're they really loud. Like I remember and there was an exit out of a church and I remember like standing there, like getting ready. And all of a sudden I hear like, and I'm just <laughs> like, what in the world is that? And they're just flying like 15, 20 feet above me. And it is just really intensely loud. But I saw the footage coming out of it and it's like, you know, that's pretty cool. amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, we had one once where I didn't know the videographer had it going. And all of a sudden, we were like having this beautiful ceremony on a lake. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just see in the air this thing. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this thing? Like, is this the government? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Drone. <laughs> it was bizarre. Uh, and then I realized... <laughs> I was like, are we doing something we're not supposed to be doing? Like, is this like law enforcement? Like, it was, oh, I, maybe that was a long day for me. But um, but yeah, drones are like, drones are cool. Dan, have you ever flown a drone or tried to fly a drone? I have not. I We have one, like a kitty version, I guess, if you will. Oh, and, a kitty version, yeah. Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> So you're talking but about like the legit ones that go like a thousand feet in the air. Well, no, but even like even like the kitty versions, they're really hard to use. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like oh, like the slightest touch, and like we always play with ours inside the house because that's what responsible adults do. And like it's always like slamming into the fridge or the oven <laughs> or like hitting somebody, which really hurts. Um, so like major props to everyone out there who can fly a drone. Yeah, I think I don't know if there's um. I want to say that you have to go through training now in order to be able to fly one. You don't, I don't think you have to go through training, but there are training schools that are out there. Like there was one on Shark Tank the other day and it was a girl who 
um, grew up in a town right across from me when I was younger. Oh. Uh, that she has this like drone school, which is cool. Interesting, huh? Yeah, I'll have to look into that. Because uh, I, th- I thought that the FAA put regulations on uh, certain parts <laughs> of them and things like that. <laughs> probably, anyway. probably. Um, so in speaking with like photography and filming and all of that, uh, on the photography front, Dan, what are what is a trend that you're seeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know what? First looks are becoming way more commonplace. Like I bet over yes. half of my weddings now are 100% um, first looks and a lot of couple are doing a lot of couples are doing them um, to get a lot of their pictures done before the ceremony because they want to spend a lot of time at their cocktail hour. Um, they don't if this their wedding is uh, at the same place. So ceremony reception at the same venue. And that means that ceremony goes directly into cocktail hour, which goes directly into reception and spending time with their guests is super important to them. So they are getting a lot of their pictures done early, seeing each other early. It allows them to be a little more emotional um, versus like waiting to see each other at the altar and having this maybe emotional moment in front of, you know, 100, 250 guests, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's always interesting me interesting to me because between, um, w- with most of my couples, it's almost always the bride that's pushing to do the first look and almost always the groom that's sort of pushing back on the first look. Um, I'm always a big fan of it because it helps the timeline of the day so much. Uh, We're able to get so many more things in and they're able to, like you said, partake in other things. I I am on the fence about them. Oh, really? I am. I am. Yeah, I am 100% on the fence about them. And I'm on the fence about them because sometimes I feel like they're just for pictures. And I feel like in terms of like oh, importance of people, what's yeah. that? I said I disagree, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, sometimes I feel like they, like people do them for pictures and it's a completely contrived set up thing. Right. Um, and I feel like the, the flow of the day can be really changed definitely for the better, mm-hmm. but I feel like the flow of the day can really be changed. Um, and it becomes borderline like this today, this is a photo shoot. Um, I don't think that uh, pictures should take up a really long time. I don't think that it should be hours upon hours of pictures. And that that sometimes is what can happen. Um, And I feel like the wedding day should be should be focused on spending time. Let me put it this way. The wedding day should be focused on spending time with your guests. If the if the first look allows you to do that. Awesome. If if your timeline is the opposite and you're you're doing it just for photos, um, I think that time would be better suited minimizing photo time and spending more time with your guests. Yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying and I actually agree with you on that front. Um, I guess where I'm coming from with it is that by nature I'm a very anxious person and especially in big life events, I always feel more comfortable when I have my partner Mike with me and I'm able to squeeze his hand, see him, make a funny face at him, whatever it is, that always feels like um, that's my comfort, you know, in him. And I think for a lot of couples, the wedding day by nature is super emotional and you have a lot of nerves that are going on. And I think if a first look can help you see each other sooner, like if you're not having a ceremony till six o'clock at night, man, that's a long time to go without each other on your wedding day, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So I, I think there's um, there's a lot of pros in doing a first look, and that to me is a big, a big one. Um, Absolutely, and it also and it also helps 
the timeline of the day. <laughs> yeah, I think if if it's if it's for anything other than just oh we want to do it for the photos, and this is you know just me, uh, my personal approach because I I want the wedding day to just be authentic and to just be unscripted, and that sometimes to me feels disingenuous. But if it helps you, if it allows you to be more comfortable. Then 100% absolutely do it. That 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 makes a lot of sense to be able to take a deep breath and be together and enjoy each other's company. Heck yeah, then definitely do it. Right. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) And and speaking of doing things together and timelines, um, I think I'm seeing much less receiving lines. Oh yeah. uh, Following ceremony, so receiving line is. uh, When you stand at the back of your church or the back of your ceremony area right after the ceremony has ended and you hug and love and shake hands and you receive congratulations from all of the guests as they exit the building and go away. <laughs> um, it takes up I, a lot of time. It takes up so much time, you guys. It is um, It is one of the ways that you're able to see all of your guests, uh, thank them for coming and allow them to congratulate you in return. It's your yep. opportunity to say, hey, uh, honey, this is my aunt, you know, Betty that I was telling you so much about. And, you know, it, it allows you to do those like brief introductions, but it is a huge, huge man yeah. saying that word a lot today. It's a big time suck. Um, yeah. it, it easily will take 20, 30 minutes. And that's for a wedding that has maybe 100, 150 guests. It takes a while. By the time everybody gets out of their seat, gathers yep. their things, you give every single person a hug, you sort of talk with them for a few brief seconds, and you go on, especially if you have more than just yourself and your partner in the line. Once you incorporate parents, sometimes there's a maid of honor and best man that have to stand in line. Don't do that if you're going to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's you could still do that. Um I like suggesting doing it at cocktail hour. So if you are going to be present for your cocktail hour and you're not going to be off taking photos or doing whatever it is, um, your cocktail hour is a perfect opportunity to do a receiving line as guests enter into the building or into whatever, wherever you're doing cocktail hour at. So I'm not sure if this is a legit thing or not, but if you don't do a receiving line, the unspoken rules that you're supposed to do table visits. Is that true? Yeah. Table visits where you go around either during dinner, or just after dinner and talk to everybody and thank them for coming. Okay. Um, table visits takes, I think even more time than way the more time. Line. And, and I, I think the couple needs to da- some downtime. So one of my favorite, um, hybrid theories or hybrid methods. Uh, and I don't know if what you think about this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, um, is to do go sans receiving line, and only go to the tables of the um, elders and the important people like parents, grandparents, whatever. And maybe the aunts, uncles who are like who are expecting that. And then you see right. essentially because, you know, you're going to see the rest of your friends on the dance floor or at the bar or whatever. Um, yeah. So that that's kind of my thought. Yeah. If you're trying to look, if you're trying to like come up with like a, a, a happy medium, uh, maybe that's another alternative to try. A hundred percent. And that's like, I think of myself and I'm in my early thirties and I have cousins getting married and friends and whatnot. And honestly, when they do table visits with me as the guest, I feel so awkward because I'm like, guys, you've got, you've got people to see, like, I love you. We'll catch up later. Like, go, yeah, go see who 100%. you got to see. Like, it's all yeah. good. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a dance on the dance floor. We'll, we'll, we'll run in each, into each other at the bar, whatever it yep. is. Um, but there's definitely a certain generation that's going to expect you to come around um, yep. that it's great to appease them. So Danielle, I love your idea. Um, and honestly, going back to 
my suggestion of doing it as guests enter your cocktail hour, more often than not, as the as the uh, guest, or I'm sorry, as the host in the spotlight, you are going to sort of enter your cocktail hour and people are just going to keep coming up to you. I always try to bring my, my clients... Uh, food and drink drink cocktail hour because i know they're not making it they're not making it to the bar they're not making it to the appetizer table maybe they can grab a server as they're going past but otherwise they're not going anywhere so if you start out your cocktail hour in one place greeting everybody it's not going to be much different than if you were doing it anyway (laughs) so so yeah um bars yeah oh yeah speaking of bars yeah places to see people speaking at a bar Speaking of, um, at a bar. Yeah. So if you have the type of venue or catering company or whatever that you have to supply your own alcohol, it can come, um, you know, you're going to want to talk about what kind of what kind of bar do we want to have? It's very easy to just say, well, let's just offer everything to our guests. Like, let's offer beer, wine, liquor, champagne, all the things, you know? Yep. But that can get really costly. Yeah. yeah. So I think what we're seeing more is offering beer and wine, you know, just nice, good staples, and then offering a signature drink if you still want to have a cocktail. Or um, two. Like if, yeah, or two. Exactly. You could do a his and a hers or a, or whatever drinks that both mean something to you. You can make them up. You can use drinks that already exist and just give them a cutesy-wootsy name, or you could just use drinks that already exist and use their own damn names. <laughs> you could do whatever you want. You could do a dessert drink. Um, or something like I, I've seen that. Have you seen those lately? Uh, I've no. seen they'll do like a, 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 a one signature drink early in the night and then they Ooh. change over later to a dessert drink. Um, actually, that leads us to our next thing that we're seeing that's different, yes. which is um, unique desserts. Long gone are like giant wedding cakes. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe I'll see a small one for them to cut, which I don't know. I, I rarely see cake cuttings anymore. Maybe a quiet cake cutting or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but donut bars, pies, um, Petty cookies, uh, like these little know. like bite-sized desserts. So you just like pop them in your mouth, like where yes. you just go up and help yourself. It's not something where a cake is being cut, served, and placed yes. at your guest setting. Yeah. You know what yep. else? Um, uh, on cakes, I actually had an awesome couple last year who, in the midst of their planning, uh, very happily got the news that they were going to be expecting a baby um, oh. a few months after their wedding would be um, would have come and gone. So for their cake, is brilliant. They actually did a gender reveal cake that they cut. That like, it was just a small cake. Awesome. It was amazing. And I honestly think like for the mother of the bride who was just like over the moon excited to be coming to be like becoming a grandma and all this thing, like she was, I think, more excited for that part of the day than like anything else. <laughs> it was Aww. amazing. And the pictures, like the photographer did such a good job of like capturing like every single moment of like cutting the cake and seeing it and it ended up being a girl. That's um cute. Yes. And uh it was that was cool. So if you're pregnant I don't know. That was very cool. I've even seen, speaking of um, of pregnant, I once had a maid of honor who was pregnant with twins, and it was the bride's twin sister that was the maid of honor. So a twin was having twins, and uh, we did all the introductions, and the um, as the maid of honor and the best man were introduced, all of the wedding party were given little confetti poppers that had the... Um, the colors of the the twins' gender inside of them. So as oh. they were introduced, the poppers were popped, and that's when everybody found out the the uh, the sex of the twin babies. So that's that was cool, cute. dude. 
every time that I'm involved in things like that, it's always, I'm always told the gender of the babies and I'm always freaked out so badly that I'm going to accidentally spill the beans. (laughs) I always say, don't tell Uh. me, like, please don't tell me, please don't tell me because I'm so afraid to be like, oh, look at how she's, oh, I mean, he, I mean, I don't know. Ah." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would have been brutal. Yeah. Uh, I, secrets, man. Don't give me those types of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's another thing? Uh, well, if we keep talking about food. Okay. Food trucks are a. Uh, oh my gosh. Thing. Yes. They are huge, especially in Philly. I don't, I guess other cities have, have, are big with food trucks, but Philly food trucks are huge. Food trucks by nature are making obviously a huge, uh, have a huge momentum right now. Even in smaller cities, I think food trucks are, are starting to pop up all over the place. Logistically but, speaking, they are very tricky. <laughs> but we're not talking about for di- we're not talking about for like dinner, are we? Are we talking well, about for I, like snackies? That's a thing. I much prefer it for snackies because yeah. to do it for dinner, um, you easily need way more than one food truck, depending on how many people you have, because the food truck just can't crank out meals for you know however many guests that you have in the same amount of time that a kitchen who's able just you know knock out 100 dinners i mean it all takes time but logistically uh food trucks for your main course are harder but yeah like dan said snackies uh um even dessert yep i love Uh, me an ice cream truck oh man see i think food trucks for late night snacks yes which are also huge well, you know what, but though, uh, food trucks, um, I know you said they're logistically tricky, but I, I, why are they logistically tricky? Maybe because they, I mean, they're not responsible for any of the dishware, for any of the glassware, for any of the yeah. flatware, for setting the tables, for cleaning up. Um, yep. All things your caterer would traditionally handle. Um, they would set the table and, and make sure all these things are there. But yeah, your food truck isn't gonna, isn't gonna do any of that for you guys. But if you do use them for in an ideal way, which I think would be a late night snack or just some mm-hmm. kind of like fun thing, like I've seen a macaroon truck that was absolutely <gasps> to die for. People ate that up. But late night snacks, heck yeah, Literally. go for it. Yeah. And it's like it's a perfect little take them treat. Actually, it's a great way if you don't want to do a tchotchke favor. That could be the favor that as guests leave, they're getting uh, funnel cakes to go, little yep. mini funnel cakes or a little thing of like, I saw this once and thought it was brilliant, um, uh, like fries and ice cream. Like to me, oh. fries and ice cream are like a match made in heaven. It's perfect um, to go little treat. The best food truck I saw was um, a, a brick oven pizza truck where Ooh. every person who left the wedding got a 10 inch pizza at like, you know, midnight and they were incredible pizzas this was up um this was in uh like across from new york in hoboken and and that area oh man brick oven pizza at at midnight i mean we got one soaking too, up and all was, that alcohol uh, yeah well, not alcohol for me but <laughs> for right, everybody right, right, else for the guests. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um oh my goodness that's awesome delicious <sighs> well now that we've made everyone probably hungry talking about food uh yeah if you have um you know questions or things that you're seeing as trends feel free to shoot them our way we always love hearing about new stuff and and hearing like the unique things that couples are incorporating into you know their wedding day 
yeah, before you before we let you go scarf your face with all the tasty treats that we just mentioned, um, we hope that you go to the Put a Ring on a Podcast website, um, check out the show notes while you're scarfing some food down. <laughs> and really, we want to send out a special thanks to our sponsors for this episode, Tackboard, which was the online wedding gallery driven by text, and our season sponsor, Naughty Tie Co., um, which offers custom ties, bow ties, and really cool pocket squares. Uh, we're still going to try to do some wedding stories this season and share some of uh, your quotes uh, if if we get them. Um, if you'd like to share a wedding story, something you're thinking about, um, send us your story uh, by giving us a call at 267-521-2686 uh, or visit the Put a Ring on a Podcast.com website and let us know what you think. Yeah, and it's it's honestly, it's as simple as you call and you leave us a voicemail. That's all you've got to do. It's super fun. Yeah, super easy. You don't need any special equipment or anything crazy so yeah and don't forget like us on facebook to keep in touch and ask questions we're getting messages there now um we're trying to get back to everybody and yeah yeah, we will see you guys in two weeks episode one of season three well it's episode 25 but episode one of season three episode Uh, don't screw up my numbering (laughs) (laughs) have a great day everybody see ya see you later